If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99 problems, problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cast is closed. Rap critics saves money, cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with hoes and you're zapped toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dope. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Got beef with radio, if I don't play they show, they don't play my hits. I don't give a shit, so Rap Max try and use my black ass So advertisers could give them more cash for ads Fuckers, I don't know what you take me as Or understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has I'm from rags, the richest niggas, I ain't dumb I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one Hello and welcome to Please Watch This A podcast where two film-loving mates with caps in their vehicles To recommend films to one another So I can once and for all find out why is Sam's taste better than Hughes? I am the Sam. Oh, I see what you did there, Sam. Flip see, reverse see, it, Because you did, because last week I said, we find out why I have better taste, and yeah. now you said why you have better taste. Here we are. Um, I, you know, that's fine. I'm going to let this one slide. <laughs> and uh, that is the Hugh uh, in the in question. I'm Sam Blakely, he's Hugh Dempsey. This is episode 99 of our podcast, where, as I mentioned, we recommend films that uh, the other one hasn't seen before. And this was a bit of a doozy uh, this week. Before we get into that, Un- though, Hugh... Unbeknownst to, unbeknownst to Sam, the uh, song uh, 99 Problems by Jay-Z has been playing over the top of this. Just to let you know, <laughs> this instead of normal intro That's music. Yeah. I can't hear that yeah. listener, but you can. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's one of those, isn't it? It's like the whole Chris Rock. I love rap music, but I'm tired of defending it. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard to defend a, a song that goes, I've got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one, isn't yeah. it? You know? Yeah, unironically. Yeah, yeah. So, unironically. So just to clarify, it's a very talky song, Hugh. Is it, am, I, am I currently talking while somebody's rapping over me right now? Or? I think it's done by now. It's, done. it's not going to be very long yet. It's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, I think it'll Hugh, just be like. Other than I think it'll the, just be the chorus. We'll see. You'll be a surprise. Yeah, it'll be a nice surprise. Other than editing away, Hugh, how have you been? Yeah, grand. Uh, I mean, we're we're editing quite close together. I was recording even quite close together since the last recording of our podcast. So, yeah, not nothing's changed in my life in the last two days. To be fair, it's not been a long time. You're absolutely right because we're making plans, not for Nigel, uh, but for our one hundredth episode. But I don't think who's we, Nigel. Uh, there's a song making plans for Nigel. Oh, I don't know. It. Yeah, uh, uncultured earth. Um, do we do you we give swine. any details, or should it just be a nice surprise for the listener? What we're doing for them? No, earth? you can tell the listeners what 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 to be there to expect. I don't know if we decided on a title. It's going to be something like "Please Be Contrarian." We are each going to nominate a film that most people tend to love and we dislike, and then for a more positive spin, uh, a film that most people dislike that we really love. I yeah. think that's right. That's what we agreed. I think Hugh, it's all, all that was exactly what we agreed. Yeah. So you don't. I don't think you have to watch the film though. I don't think you. I'm, I don't think you have to watch it. I think we're just going to talk about it generally because there's like four films to get through. I, I we am, also I have aim to watch my films. Do you aim to watch your yeah. films? Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I've got one of my films. I need to. I need to pick the other one. So I've got the film that people generally don't like, but I quite enjoy. So I need to get the film that. Um, people quite like that I don't like which is a much harder proposition we'll, uh, but, we'll see how it goes we'll so we'll, we'll try and we'll pick see. quite famous films for your listener and something to look forward to however current plan is to talk about the 2017 Macon Blair directorial debut I don't feel at home in this world anymore debut uh, debut <laughs> absolutely although yeah. what's quite clear is he he seems to he, he's, he's childhood friends with Jeremy Solnier uh, creator of uh, Green Room and Blue Ruin and Macon Blair starred in Blue Ruin as well uh, Hugh what did you know about I Don't Feel at Home in This World anymore oh, I, I Don't Feel at Home in This World anymore I literally knew nothing you about it you thought it was I'm thinking of ending things yes I did and then it was only when I clicked on the, the thumbnail on um, my on Netflix and the, like a little bit of the video started playing that I had a vague memory of something about this a few years ago so I and then I was like oh it's like a is it like she gets and I was like oh I think her house gets broken into or something and, it, and that kind of jogged a bit of memory but I to be frank yeah I didn't know that much about it which was a, actually a pleasant surprise to be it's, fair. it's always a, by far the best way of going into a film because you know even also listen we're going to spoil it we're going to spoil the film this is a discussion but it's not a recommendation that sort of review in that in that sense uh you know even knowing that she gets burgled or burglarized as americans uh, often call it 
and then it's about revenge and finding that that might be something that draws you into the film but kind of I, I do think you can be spoiled even if it happens in the first 10 minutes of a film yeah yeah I know what you mean but um, I mean I mean if you look it's one of those films like that's that that's like that's what the film kind of starts with isn't it that's the that's if you're going to give it a brief description it's a woman yeah, trying to I find agree, out but I think watching the film house, knowing that it's going to happen it's a bit of a shame because it kind of it, I don't know it just takes something away from the first few minutes but anyway let's perhaps let's I don't get, think so, let's but... get into it uh, so I'll, I'll give a synopsis I'm just going to steal it from IMDB because they've done it well um, when a depressed woman is burgled hang on no don't don't steal it from IMDB do it yourself you lazy bastard put okay. your phone down uh, when I can a depressed see woman is burglarised <laughs> I can see you still looking at it <laughs> you had a go at me for writing yeah. this down once and reading it out not and even, now you're not even doing, doing the, the same through not IMDb. even doing the writing not even doing the right you're being lazy ah, done it very, anyway uh, succinctness aside then so in the opening scene uh, there's a lady yeah so there's a lady <laughs> played by Melanie Linsky she's called Ruth uh, she's burglarised sorry can we just say can we just call can we call her wish this Linda Dunham please <laughs> she's better she's oh, the best Linda, Linda Dunham um, I don't like Linda Dunham she's, sorry she's Linda but you just seem a bit she just seems a bit needy well, let's put that aside. Well, so, Ruth is burgled, and she lives in a world of absolute arseholes, and it's kind of about why is everyone so shit. She enlists the help of her uh, neighbour, played by Elijah Wood, who's very intense, uh, Dwight Schrute-like, uh, as one of the reviewers called him, and uh, they try and track down who burgled, why, and, they, and then it becomes sort of violent and becomes a bit of an escapade after that. I would highly recommend you watch this listener before you uh, before you listen to us. So, shall I jump into why I love it, Hugh? Indeed. Tell me what you liked about this film. Which, I'm guessing you only... Did you you only watch this I only watched this, last yeah, week, last week. Um, I'd, I'd been right. meaning to watch it because Macon Blair, who wrote and directed it, he was the star of Blue Ruin, which we watched and you went so far. If, yeah, which was no guarantee from your of point of view, but from my <laughs> point of view, it's what makes this film for me the definition of a hidden gem. But for my sensibilities and my tastes, it's like you know, I think it's exactly the sort of film that a friend would recommend that you're not likely to really hear much about elsewhere and it to be a surprise and it's not a paint-by-numbers genre piece. It's funny, it's dark, it's surprising and it's, yeah, it's something I really love. It's sort of quirky without being irksomely quirky and I watched it with my partner and she fell in love with it right from the start and it's never a guarantee that if I love a film she's going to love a film as well so I I mean that 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 description you say of quirky but without being what did you say about tiresome irksome that is a very very fine line to walk in any like yeah in a kind of like indie inflected black comedy type thing black comedy film yeah because there's so like I, I can never really sit and watch the film Napoleon Dynamite because yeah it's, same yeah I did because I think I, was, so, I got it too late yeah, it's just too weird, and I just don't. I think it's too. Yeah, it's it's irritating. It's sort of like it's too. Maybe that could be the film quirky. I could do for uh, please, <laughs> yeah. uh, for be please be contrarian or whatever. Call it. The hundred ep- yeah. episode uh, spectacular spectacular bonanza. Yeah, spectacular uh, anyway, bonanza. Yeah. I uh, I asked for my partner uh, Nick's opinions and uh, she said uh, Nick's picks Nick's take I don't know she said that uh, it was so relatable that was like the key uh, word I'm going to I'm going to say mind. Nick's picks Nick's picks um, it, she said it's really relatable you know how everyone is just the worst you know and as Ruth says here you know everyone is an asshole dildos fuckface as basically she says and that frustration of uh, even you know with the police so she she has the has an app on her laptop and her phone that means she can find her laptop. She knows where it is. She calls the police to say it's at this address and they're just, well, I can include that in the report for you, but uh, we can't send any units out at this time. That sort of frustration really kind of chimed with Nick and that barricade of it. Um, and it's not really an advert for vigilantism. It's a bit of a cautionary tale for vigilantism, if anything, but she Indeed, does reach yeah. that breaking point that we all kind of reach Um and uh, Nick also liked the fact that she misjudged Elijah Wood at first. Ruth misjudged Tony at first, but then he kind of came through as being like very committed to her cause, even when he doesn't really have a horse in the race, you know. Um, and I, you know, I've got to echo 
all of that stuff really it's they really are great performances and I think Elijah Wood and Melanie Linsky actually equally stand out as being really great performances I think Melanie Linsky in a more subtle way Elijah Wood in a really like in your face intense kind of way she she is brilliant as Ruth because she's this sort of like every woman she's kind of put upon but really nice you know she'll pick up somebody else's rubbish in the supermarket in, instead of like shouting at him um and it's kind of like for me I really love the first episode of Breaking Bad where he's this this sort of Ned Flanders type figure and then <laughs> yeah, he, he, he gets is, a bit of he gets a bit of heart and people are making fun of his son and he goes and kicks the jock guy in the leg and I, I got such oh, a thrill yeah, from that you know, I love those kind of films. I loved American Beauty for that reason, actually, because he's kind of like a put upon, just nothing. You know, a doormat of a of a man, mm. and then he kind of gets control for himself. And I, I love that. And she approaches that really well. She's not like overly glamorous, and so she's very relatable and uh, kind of downbeat and depressed, and does a really great job of it. And uh, it's a really messy film. Like it's really takes unexpected twists and turns it's kind of not realistic for that reason but it's not like a you know obviously what this is what's going to obviously happen kind of you know not many films would have killed off chris jr the kind of blonde haired psychopath so early in the film to set up the final act you know he seemed like a major yeah um, uh, major antagonist in the film and then he just sort of dies in in no time at all mm. and i thought that was like oh wow this is this is pretty interesting um, and like a lot of films involving Macon Blair it sort of ends in a bloody way in a in a in the woods <laughs> and I do quite like those those endings because they're pretty grimy uh, but yeah I loved it it's funny it's well played it's dark it ticks every indie sensibility box that I love and it's a proper gem yeah, in terms of okay. what I think you, you will think I don't think you'll yeah, love it anywhere th- near as much as that yeah. and I think Part of that's coloured by. Well, here's a question: more, not so much why I might not like it, but let's just be a bit more objective. What what criticisms of the film would you perhaps give that I would that I might recognise? I think some of We're the things that going to be a bit that, more film criticy. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's well, I kind of because because I, 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 I don't think. think you'll love this. I think I think I'll be lucky to get a six out of ten for this from you. And I think okay. part of it is because the plot is not very complicated. Or interesting. It's not like lots of threads that come together. It's um, it depends on your sense of humour. It depends on your sensibilities. I am very much aware while I was watching this that you didn't like Blue Ruin. But it, one of the one of the criticisms you had for Blue Ruin was that in the third act it becomes a bit of a what you called soap opera. Uh, these like dynamics of turns out so and so is so and so's father or whatever. This film at least doesn't have that bit. Um, but yeah I I don't quite I can't quite put my finger on what you didn't like about Blue Ruin Ruin that is also true of this film but I think there is some DNA evident in both yeah but genuinely I love this film so much that I struggle to find objective critique of it objective problems so a film you've only known a week you're in love with (laughs) yeah oh yeah I loved it from like Okay, from the moment that, enough, that, that, that from can... the moment that that old racist uh, family member said, "Did she? <laughs> yeah. uh, did she have any last words?" I loved <laughs> yeah. it from that moment, really. So yeah, I that find it hard to be objective in that sense. But I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward. I'm sort of well, I say I'm looking forward. I, I can't, I can't wait for this podcast episode to be over because I don't want. I don't like the fact that I know you're going to dislike it, and I, right, I don't okay. want to. I don't like the fact that there's obviously going to be a confrontation. And I'm going to hate what you say. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go for a nap. You talk to the listener, okay. and we'll find out Hugh's views. So join us after the break to find out Hugh's views. Hello and welcome back to part two of Please Watch This, the all-important Hugh's views. Come on, Hugh, give it to us. What did you like about this film? Um, so what I'm going to do first is I'm going to tell you what I thought of like the first sort of hour of this film and then I'm going to tell you what I think I thought of like the, the last act of the film essentially okay so, so different different opinions yeah, too. so <laughs> the film like the first part of it so first of all this is a funny film you know I think it's meant to be funny it's meant to be quirky um, it's meant to be sort of a little indie gem you know like you said it's not meant to be this 
big budget film that you know billions of people have seen. It's meant to be for a very quite a niche audience, but like a, mm. an audience that gets what it's doing. And yeah, for the first hour, I would say yeah, the film's fine. I was kind of, I was kind of like, oh, why? I was kind of sat there going, why has he recommended this film? It's not bad, but it's not, it's not great, you know. And I was in the realms of six out of ten, but then all of a sudden, it goes from zero to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and it suddenly becomes this amazing film in the last act that's oh, wow. completely Oh, wow. I thought unexpected. you were going to go completely the other way around. No, no. <laughs> I just could not believe how it went from being this kind of run-of-the-mill sort of indie film to this... It kind of went all... It kind of went very um, from dusk till dawn, almost. From <laughs> And yet, it still it is... Yeah, or it almost went from quirky comedy indie Elijah Wood film to being all of a sudden, like... Blue Ruin again. <laughs> yeah. It was so unnecessarily, like, well, not unnecessarily, but surprisingly violent and just. I mean, it is at least dark comedy when it's just a comedy. Yeah. It's yeah. at least her going, why the fuck do we exist? What's the point of any of this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like it goes from like a cheery. Yeah, I was so, like, I was impressed with that, to be fair. I was, I did enjoy that aspect of it. Um, and. Yeah, it's just so crazily violent. Like, you just don't expect it. And it's literally from the moment um, the blonde-haired lad, whose character I can't remember off the top of my head, Christian, yeah, Christian Chris or whatever yeah. he's called. It's from, Christian, it's from the moment when he goes into her house and she hits him with the uh, the ca- plaster cast yeah. of his footprint and crushes his windpipe and then he gets hit it's by It's so bus, like, oh my God, which, he's dead. What? <laughs> Yeah, that was why I was like, it was kind of very Pulp Fiction, because it was very this this moment of unexpected sort of violence or, you know, something horrible happening to somebody that you're just not... Like, in Pulp Fiction, where you're not expecting sort of um, Bruce Willis's character to find John Travolta's character and he yeah. guns him down. And you're not, and you're not expecting... Shoot Marvin in the face. ...him then to... Yeah, well, you're not expecting him to come across Bruce Willis to come across um, Ving Rhames' <laughs> character. What's he called? Marcellus again? Wallace. Uh, Marcellus yeah. Wallace. You're not. You're just not expecting that, are you? And then he runs him over, <laughs> and it's like it's like the unintended consequences of of like violent acts. And the film tells you it's going to do this. This is what makes me laugh now about it more. When I was thinking about it after I'd watched it, it was like it tells you it goes. Here's the guy from Blue Ruin. He's here yeah. at the bar. Um, so you know he's and I didn't realise that was the yeah, actual yeah. filmmaker to be fair at the time I'd forgotten because he just obviously Blue Ring when was that made? 2012 mid 2000 was it 2012 yeah he's obviously looks a lot different in this film because he's got a bit older and he's not got a big blonde yeah. hairy beard <laughs> yeah um, yeah I mean I, what I didn't like about Blue Ring was it yeah I said melodrama but it's just like it, 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 it's an indie film that uses very worn tropes, but does it in a? It does have a bit of a different thing. The fact that he's not very skilled and he's clearly a man with real issues, obviously, of what had happened. But I just found it a bit kind of pedestrian, even though it's it's a well-made film, and I've got nothing against either of the director or the star. I did. I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it was amazing. I think it was. I think it was doing a lot of the indie nature of that film was doing a lot of the heavy lifting for it. Um, but with this, I found it very funny. Like the bit when she throws up when that guy gets his hand shot with the Immediate. shotgun. And you're yeah. just not expecting like her to just violently be sick for like, yeah. And then when she, that other woman gets the shuriken in her face. <laughs> and then like, what awful, like that's one of those really effective movie deaths, isn't it? Where Ricochet. He's like shooting the gun in it like fucking... Um, and it ricochets. It's like, uh, yeah, ricochets off some stone and then straight into her head. Yeah, that was unexpected. Um, so yeah, so I was really, I really enjoyed that kind of change in tone, and I think that was what made this film from just a decent sort of average comedy, black comedy indie flick to like quite memorable film. Quite honestly, I was very surprised. But like I said, it tells you what it's going to do. It has made love that because that seems like a, he's there. If you've got your bingo like, cards ready. Last uh, as well, cute and situation where she's finally going to have. <laughs> she's had this shit day. She's going to meet a you know like-minded yes, individual, yeah, yeah. and then he fucking ruins it and says, "Have a good night." Pisses off with his drinks. A nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then she goes to the police and she's got like the um, the license plate number and she's telling the police officer, the detective, she's like, this is the guy, you need to go get him. And he's like, don't go yeah. off there and be a vigilante. It's not going to, you know, I can. what happened to your finger? And it was like an accident. And he's like, oh yeah, sure. And it tells you what it's going to do without telling you it's going to do it. And you're just, you're very surprised at like how it, yeah, I was. I enjoyed the change in tone. Sometimes a film can change its oh, tone, yeah. and you're like, you know, what the actual fuck? <laughs> like, say from Dust Till Dawn, the famous is probably the. And it got I me mean, thinking, what I other films World's can change End, tone like World's midway End, through that, a film? You know, can you think of any? Although it technically it does I mean, change still its tone. It's, it's got those Twilight Zone kind of uncanny yeah. moments before it yeah. completely changes genre I guess that's I think that does that well though yeah I'm trying to think of other films that do it it was hard to I was googling it and some of the examples I was given weren't that great to be honest uh, so I'm not really going to mention them because they weren't that good <laughs> but there isn't there's very few films like From Dust Till Dawn that do that I guess um, probably because it must be so hard to do it seem or you know in a way that doesn't make you think well I hate this now yeah I mean when I watched From Dust Till Dawn the first time, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> and I don't think I actually quite liked it. But the, it's like two movies. It's essentially two... It's like it's like somebody had the the plot for one movie, but didn't know how to end it. And somebody had the plot for a second movie, but they didn't know how to start it. He's <laughs> <laughs> gone, right. I'll just write a little uh, little thing in the middle. George Clooney's going to be in both halves, sorted. So would you like to know what I didn't like about this film? Um, the, very little in the end uh, it didn't have much to dislike about it it's hard it's not a film you, that's easy to dislike to be frank um, oh lovely I just try to be like just have some like sort of actual criti- criticism you know like a film critique would and I just maybe put perhaps it's a bit front he- front end heavy you know like it takes a long time to get to the sort of Denouement, and then it's it's not that it's short, but the the film does end quite quickly, which I was quite grateful for, and I was pleased that the um, Elijah Woods character survives. I was thinking, oh, this seems like the kind of film where he's died, so I was surprised by that. Yeah, Nick Nick said the same thing actually. That even though the film's ended, so it sort of doesn't matter if he dies or lives. She was really happy that it... I mean, what a funny reveal that was, you know, that it looks like he's looking down on heaven or whatever, and he's just... And also, did you yeah. listen to the conversation he had about the... Talking about, about burger, the burger juice or something. But he's like, um, yeah, what you want to do is you want to get all the juices out of them. <laughs> and the guy's like, no, no, you want the juices in. No, trust me, they're going to be good. Do you want me to... Shall I flip them or... No, no, they're going to be absolutely fine. He's like giving the worst barbecuing advice about the burgers, yeah. basically, Elijah Wood. And it's funny because he says, doesn't he, like earlier in the film, that he's obnoxious, people find him yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. And that's like maybe an example of... <laughs> yeah that but she clearly likes him you know what I oh mean? yeah and, there's a lot to like isn't there yeah and there's clearly like a budding romance between them especially when um which they could have played on more if they'd really wanted to like when they find out they're both reading the same book what's the name of the book they're both reading i don't want to tell you that because it's in the quiz oh, I knew it would be in the quiz. damn it i couldn't remember what it was because i couldn't i didn't read it quick enough when it flashed up on screen um <laughs> but yeah when they're both reading the book and he's like don't tell me what happens i don't like spoilers and yeah. it's just like these kind of two what's people. great is that they have this connection but it's not like they've hired ryan gosling and emma stone to obviously find each other really attractive they've just found each other in this world haven't they you know, like yeah. it's full of assholes, and he's not actually an asshole. Like she thought he was, because he let you know left his dog dirt, dog dirt on her lawn. But when yeah. he finds out she was burgled, he's like, "That makes me so angry," and he's totally on her side. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> he's a very peculiar character, isn't he? Oh, at the beginning, him. where where he's like sometimes he's just lost lost in my own thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. And he's and again, like you say, with the with the not wanting the book spoilers and stuff, he he actually is truly on her side with that. Yeah, yeah, I get, indeed they are. Um, but yeah, there was nothing really to dislike. I, I found that is was... that is really music to me because when you said, "Oh, I'm going to have to give this two reviews," I thought, "Okay, so you're going to say, well, it promised a lot, but then it was a really clunky ending or something like that." I'm, I'm best case scenario, I think, was what came out. Well, of it. it's more like there was there is almost like two movies in it, and that was kind of you know my preconception whilst I was watching it was like oh, well, this is probably a 6 out of 10. I can see why Sam liked it. It's quite quirky, but, you know, it wasn't that satisfying. And the tone wasn't... It wasn't suggesting that it was going to go full Pulp Fiction. No, blue, true. You know, but I, I, I quite like that they start to introduce the sort of band of bandits uh, as a sort of, yeah. you know, secondary plot. And that's where the darkness 
turn of the turn properly comes in the violence I suppose yeah isn't he introduced as somebody taking a shit in somebody's toilet in the system <laughs> in the yeah. system yeah. yeah or an upper decker as Meredith's son might say in the office um, let's get into favourite scenes then what, what... I love, do you know what I love that bit in the office where she's like they only they only edited it to show you what they wanted to see did you know I was doing a masters in psychology <laughs> or she's doing a degree in psychology or something yeah. or paediatric psychology <laughs> It's very true. Um, so, Sorry. favorite scene? Uh, well, there's only really one scene that kind of got it for me, and that was the scene at, near the end when they're in the living room and it's all going a bit Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino, right. so, and uh, when she's just violently throwing up. <laughs> Stop doing just, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she does it like three times, and it's every. It's pretty continuous, isn't it? From the the moment she she's like Linda Blair. <laughs> it was like that looked like it wasn't a fun day, <laughs> to be honest. Of work. What are you doing today? Oh, I'm uh, throwing up violently on screen for for the day. Yeah, <laughs> no, for three at all. three shoots. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, and it was a, it was a tense scene, but it was punctuated with. That sort of uh, humour. That comedy violence um, and gore. Yeah. But doesn't pull any punches. Yeah, I, I did Not love that all. scene. And actually, funnily enough, the, the scene that I identified was also in that living room, but it was the first time that they uh, visited for, oh, for, what, for with lots the, of reasons. with the wife? Yeah, who's like... So, honey, the police wink uh, are here. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. she knows they're not the police, which is lovely. She's just bored out of her mind. And I love how... I love the confrontation they have, because I did think, like, what actually is her... What's the message in the film, isn't it, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Is that you've got the lawyer who represents sort of, well, people will do what they want if they they can get away with it. If people let you do it, yeah, you can do what you want. I I did think that was like, oh yeah, fair point. It's almost like, I suppose, if you were to put it succinctly, uh, who told your life was fair? You know, as as the, yeah. as the granddad in Princess Bride says, you know, where is that written? And I suppose that really encompasses it where she's like... I'm here to speak to him, and he says, "What, like, uh, wah wah? <laughs> like, so what? You know?" And I like that. That is also a catalyst for her going, "Well, f- you know, I'm going to steal your lawn animals, <laughs> and I'm going to." Yeah. And I quite like that. Tony doesn't like that. You know, he's not. He's not about that. Yeah, he thinks he's. He thinks he's a good person, doesn't he? That's his ultimate. He says we're good people, and, and, and I think he, he is actually. I think that. if the world was like him, yeah. I mean. You know, basic services wouldn't function, but <laughs> fewer people would do awful things. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Maybe if you drop indeed. kicks to pensioners and so on, but you know, <laughs> you take the rough with the smooth. I mean, she that guy breaks her finger. That <laughs> yeah. bit is you're just not expecting Pretty that. Pretty gruesome. That. It's so sudden. That's that's the foreshadowing sudden. you get with this film, isn't it? Yeah, that you just the, don't that expect. I, I, there were so yeah. many scenes in this in this film that I loved and. Um, I don't want to list them all because I'll basically tell you the film in scene order. But yeah. I, I, what I really love, what I really love, is when they're tracking down the license plate of the, of the van, and he's like, you know, this is just you just got to know where the spiders are, and it's just, it's just a web. <laughs> and it's and it's just like, gotcha, and, and he's just googling where to find license plates. And I like, <laughs> I like the bit when um, he's leaving the house of where the laptop's been um, bought. Or sold oh, to, yeah. and he's trying to pull the shuriken out of the uh, the wall <laughs> of a throwing star. Is it a shuriken or a throwing it's a morning star? star they, they... He calls it. Right. That is actually my favourite line when he struggles right, with okay. it for a long time, and that really. What, what does he say specifically? That's I, how hard I, I, I threw it. <laughs> but he, he does it in a real like creepy voice. He goes, "That's how hard I." Threw <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> as he leaves, still in character, yeah. and I thought he styled that out. In that sense, because yeah. he's absolutely <laughs> ruined whatever sort of cred he had, and he's—I thought he styled that. I don't out think well. he styled it out in person, <laughs> but yeah. But my um, yeah, to move on to um, favorite line was from the old man in the shop where he goes, "So you don't like music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't like music, he, just say so." <laughs> yeah, he's having a completely different conversation. But like, he goes it's really so like his face goes so sunken. He's and really dark and yeah. evil, you know. Because they don't You're want so to listen to three demo modes. <laughs> yeah, um, I like how Tony. Yeah. Sorry, Tony. I like how Tony actually gets into yeah. the third demo, uh, like little song. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I yeah. quite, quite like this. Yeah. Um, did you have any other favourite lines? 
Oh, there were quite a lot. Um, I, I quite, I suppose, from a character arc point of view, when she passes the guy in the shop dropping his crisps again, and she just put pick his shit up, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> rather than. And then she goes, "Excuse me," when that guy goes cut in front <laughs> yeah. of her in the supermarket. And I do think that. Um, the old racist lady being very racist and dying, saying a horrible thing, and and then the cut to her family member. That is a great line. Did she did she have any last words? That, yeah. like I said, was where I fell in love with this film immediately. Uh, I did like the when um, Tony's trying to hack the web, and he goes, and the music's like a certain tone, and then he goes. Oh, it, it needs a credit card, and the music stops, <laughs> and she's like, looks at him, and there's like a there's like a pregnant pause, and she goes, yeah, all right, and she gets the credit card out and gives him, and then it cuts back to him with the music and him typing away. <laughs> That's very funny. So naff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't have any skill. He just he's just using the computer. <laughs> just gotta know where the spiders are. Um, favorite shot. Your favorite shot. Uh, yeah, and it's probably the same as yours because it's it's not one of those films that's like some like obviously indie films are built around like amazing visual shots, you know, a bit like you know Place Beyond the Pines and things like that. It was just it was that one like that low angle shot of um, of Tony with the smoke behind him, <laughs> and, you think, and you think he's this ethereal character, and it turns out he's just at a barbecue at sunset. It is <laughs> nice. Know, I, I do, it's well shot though, isn't it? It's quite pretty. Yeah, it's not like yeah. you don't come away from it thinking that's changed cinematography, but it is very pretty. <laughs> no, you don't. For me, my favourite <laughs> shot was more of a more of a the sort of c- comedic language of the shot rather than how it looked, and it was okay. she's had a really bad day. And she calls up someone we don't know who and says, you know, can I come over? And you're thinking, okay, oh, this is yeah. probably some sort of like old boyfriend or something like that. And she's talking and she's talking about the, you know, it's the fucking violation of it, the burglary. And I'm thinking, okay, who's this going to be? She's probably around at an old boyfriend's and she's like, she's jacking him off at the time. Or so. I thought it was going to be something in yeah. Congress with her, like, pouring a heart out. And then it's just this little child, this six, this five-year-old child. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even just the manner, it's just, you know, she says, it's the fucking violation, I suppose. <laughs> and it's like, okay, who is this going to cut to? And it's this just bemused little girl, so it's so cute. Um, yeah, that is funny. <laughs> she just I did like that bit, yeah. The universe. I, yeah, like I was you thinking, oh, is that Elijah Wood? Is that who she's going to be yeah. talking to? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's very well set up, isn't it? That yeah. It's cut. To this it could have been. It, it could have been like one of her old patients. So it could have been her mum. God knows who it could have been. But yeah, what a great yeah. thing! And then, yeah, she starts reading to her about the size and <laughs> of the universe and this like nihilism. And I love the little aside that the mum gives. She says, "Oh, don't worry, she'll be fine. She's she's five. She's not really used to, talk to uh, stories about death. <laughs> so she just passed that off really nicely, <laughs> really really diplomatically. Uh, yeah, just a really funny shot. I thought." Yeah, no, I agree with you. It is, it's that's that's comedy, isn't it? That's it's the surprise, I guess. That's no, comedy. Um, it's, it's the context. Yep. So yeah. So all in all, I think I think we liked it. What we're going to do is go for a little break. When we come back, we're going to get the critical response. We're going to get Hugh's rating, and we're yeah. going to have a little quizaroonie about it. So join a us. rooney like the spinner rooney, but with less spinning. Oh, like the Wayne Rooney with less Wayne. Join us after the break. Indeed. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This for the uh, third and final section. We are now ready to find out what the critics think of this wonderful film. Uh, I'm going to go straight to Facebook, Hugh. I used a bit of social media, I'll be honest Uh, with you. Okay. Uh, Do we not have have, like real critics first? There are real proper critics, but I also asked the world. You asked the world? To to the uh, everyman. Yeah, the Um, everyman. Okay. Yeah, got a lot of likes. I mean, there was no dislikes of it, I have to say. Um, good. Spencer Strickland said it's one of the best Netflix originals. Love the cast. Thought the directing was fantastic from Macon Blair as well. Aidan Will, absolutely delightful. Highly recommend. I really like this from Andrew Carney. I do not think I've ever felt such a kinship with two main characters before. They both feel like different aspects of my personality turned up to 11. So yeah, <laughs> I really did enjoy it. I might be biased, to be honest. And uh, yeah, people seem to relate a lot to that. Um, that's good isn't it yeah there was a lot of positive response there was there was some sort of more nuanced response so some people didn't really like it that much uh, Jordan uh, Hawkins said cannot remember a single thing about it other than Elijah Wood was in it I think it does kind of rely upon you liking the two leads doesn't it like if you find oh, yeah. either of those two obnoxious or irritating like one thing I did notice with um, 
with Ruth's character is she's very bad at kind of explaining situations to people. Like yeah. when she's on the phone, she's like, I can see my laptop. And they're like in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not stolen. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So it's not stolen. Yeah, but and then she, he, uh, the police detective talks about Occam's razor, and yeah. she's like, "What?" <laughs> he's wonderful, by the way. Yeah, he steals um, his that scene, doesn't he? Gary <laughs> Anthony Williams. I just love the I bit so at the like, end as well, where he's like, "Me and my wife are trying to work it out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I was so glad that got that resolved. Got, uh, yeah, <laughs> resolved. And I was like, I know this guy, and I don't know where I know him from, and he's got so many credits on IMDb. All right. It comes down to a couple of roles. He was Stevie's dad in Malcolm in the Middle. Stevie, his friend, oh, uh, Malcolm's right. friend who didn't breathe very well. Yeah. But Gary Anthony Williams has lost a lot of weight. He used to be very big. Really? Um, he also had a small role in uh, How I Met Your Mother oh, well, and a couple of others. Stevie's like, dad. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. Wow, he's big, lost a lot of weight, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Lots Crumbs, lots. Danger Mouse. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> and I just couldn't quite... And I don't know if it's that role. I don't know if there's one other that's sticking out. And I've, he was in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but as far as I can see, he only voiced an animated character. But I'm sure he's been like the straight guy police officer before to some maniacs like Always Sunny or yeah. Community or something like that and I just cannot place it and it might uh, just be that he's Stevie's dad but he's wonderful like you say he steals every scene doesn't he yeah the intensity of him and the and you know I'll come to this actually in the, in the critical response so um, uh, let's have a quick look uh, and I why am I on my phone? I've got it on my iPad right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> David Ehrlich, who we had recently, I can't remember what film, from IndieWire, gave it a very good score. And it does have a good score. Metacritic gave it 75%. It won at Sundance, the Grand Jury uh, Dramatic Prize. It's, you know, well-heralded. That's impressive. David Ehrlich said, it's a hysterical and hyper-violent morality play for our fucked-up times. Part Green Room and part Raising Arizona. And he's not the only one to pick up on the sort of Coen Brothers... Uh, all these minor characters are quirky and full of life and it's a sort of dark comedy mishap misadventure you know sort yeah of thing. I can see the Coen brothers sort of influence. somebody in over their head it's a bit Big Lebowski you know he's yeah it tied the room together sort of thing you know it was a spoon it was a silver <laughs> I love that um, oh, I love so David Ehrlich so the movie good. takes the visually terse mode of vigilantism that Blair and Solnier so Jeremy Solnier of mm-hmm. Green Room and Blue Room have already perfected and lowers the stakes just enough so that the same notes can be played for occasional belly laughs Displaying the same command of tone that defined the likes of Bluverin, Blair is careful not to let the story sink into parody it barely even registers as satire but he has a great deal of fun anchoring a story like this to two characters who have absolutely no business being around this much blood. No, definitely not. Yeah, I thought just a lovely review. I liked uh, something just before you go on. Something I did like about this film as well was that Elijah Wood was very, very much playing against type, yeah. which is always good because he's so tied to the Frodo. In Lord of the well, Rings. Well, we said it before about Daniel Radcliffe been 20 as well. Years, you, know, you know what I mean? Exactly. And he's 40 now. He was 20 then, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And he's. Uh, but to be so successful so early in your career in a, mm. such a recognisable thing. To be the lead, have essentially, the, in to be the, the lead, biggest yeah, films ever made. Yeah. Massive, massive blockbusters. To then, for both him and Daniel Radcliffe and, let's say, Robert Pattinson and a couple of others. You've then got enough money to last you for the rest of your life, mm. or you can cash in for the rest of it. You can go to conventions and, and you can live rich yeah. off that. Um, and to be so famous that you can be offered roles that other people with more talent wouldn't be offered, and yet be talented enough to to do justice. You can just pick films. You know, Daniel Radcliffe did Swiss Army Man, and Elijah Wood has done this, and he did um, Dirk Gently, and like other things yeah. that are just more interesting. You know, yeah. I'd love that. That'd be the best possible scenario for an actor other than the, probably the psychological difficulties of being so famous so oh yeah you know, yeah and also, yeah being so famous and you know not being able to go anywhere without people yeah. recognizing you yeah. for your entire adult life yeah. it would you know that is that is definitely uh, i mean it's a uh, like a faustian pact almost mm. um slightly less uh, complimentary but still had lots of compliments aa dowd uh, for the av club mm. gave it 58 percent that's not great i don't it? i yeah, still pretty decent. I don't feel at home constructs a movie around her, uh, Ruth's neurotic energy, or rather Melanie Linsky, Linsky. And there's a lot of promise in the setup of a perennial doormat pushed to the limits of her patience. But as Ruth wades in over her head, crossing paths with the amoral small-time criminals that pillage her property, the movie surrounds Linsky. 
with a rogues gallery of live-action cartoons. This includes a bespectacled Elijah Wood channeling Dwight Schrute as the oddball, nunchucker-twirling, church-going neighbour. I never felt neighbor. like he was Dwight, Dwight Schrute-esque in this, though. I can see the inference, but it was never... Yeah. Maybe it's because it's Americans and the office has such a permian, permanent in the fixture sense in that the comedy he landscape. Is, he's obsessed with, like, you know, martial arts, but he's physically not very impressive. Oh, yeah, and he's okay. sort of like that <laughs> oddball kind of what thing. What has he been doing? Has he been trying to get his black belt for, like, ten years or something? Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't cost $250,000 or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it turns out it's a con man. Um, yeah. yeah, this is a character that wouldn't be out of place in a Jared Hess movie. I'm not sure who Jared Hess is. Are no. you familiar? Um, with, Blue Ruins, <laughs> with Blue Ruins, Solnier scored grim chuckles from the hapless manoeuvres of amateur lawbreakers. Blair miscalculates, cranking the dumb fuck pratfall levels to wacky extremes. The film's mix of limb-mangling violence and buffoonish caricatures is an uneasy one, growing both grislier and broader en route to a rote hostage situation. I Don't Feel at Home begins to resemble nothing so much as a Coen Brothers imitation with thinner characters. He sort of goes on to say that we should give Blair a chance, and this is... I mean, as a debut, this is pretty fucking good, isn't it? Oh, as yeah, a, yeah. Well, yeah. As, a, as a sort of, like, supposed debut, he's clearly been a part of the other ones, but this is his at the helm, mm. his debut at the helm. No, I think that's... I can see what he's... To me, that sounds like he's just got to say something about the film. That's what that feels like. He's got to say something and he goes, oh, well, it's been, this, this has been done before take. and it, the mm. Coen brothers did it better. And it's like, yeah, I can see where he's coming from. But I never watched it thinking... I never th- I never thought Elijah Wood was channeling, you know, a Dwight Schrute-esque character and I never felt like this was a, a Coen brothers knockoff. Well, what's really interesting, obviously Dwight Schrute based on Gareth Keenan, and when they wrote Gareth Keenan in the UK office, they actually pictured it to be a bigger, proper actual army guy saying these things. And when Mackenzie Crook turned up, Stephen Merchant wasn't convinced, but actually it was funnier coming out of this little bird-like person's face who he's actually so weird looking, couldn't do he? those things that he's guy. so weird looking but you know he's but in the he's, territorials and, he's funny. and all that <laughs> and so they did a similar thing i mean rain wilson's half a foot wider and taller than mackenzie Crook. i mean mackenzie Crook actually probably not that short anyway but he's, no, he's slightly more physically like six two isn't he at least that's a fair point he's yeah so they're probably guy. actually both quite tall yeah. uh, but anyway he's kind of bigger he's, he's more filled out but he's yeah. still sort of it's just because he's not he looks so uncoordinated yeah, and, he's, and so unfashionable and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, just a quick word, Jared Hess actually made Napoleon Dynamite, uh-huh. uh, funnily enough. So he's in that kind of, uh, you know, a character that wouldn't be out of place in a Jared Hess movie kind yeah. of makes sense there. So anyway, um, overall, yeah. people quite like this film. What, did, um, this seems like a film Mark Kermod might have liked. Did you get a chance to see what he had to say about it? I didn't look into that. He wasn't on the Metacritic written ones. Right. I should have YouTubed the podcast. Yeah, I, I t- yeah. completely forgot. Never mind. It's fine. I completely agree. It's I, fine. Think, I think you would. It's fine. You've, you've failed at the most basic task. You'll just have to edit in his entire review Maybe there. if he did one. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably not. So, given but, you know, even we look at but it doesn't matter as much as our very own Hugh Dempsey. Hugh Dempsey. That is correct. How many real yellow horses would you give this film out of ten? <laughs> um... It still feels like a seven. I'm happy with that. I, I don't would, think I, it's a I, classic, I, yeah. but I was very impressed by it. I did. I did like it. I did. I did enjoy it. I, it wasn't. It, it. It. It starts off quirky, but a bit middling. You know, you've you've see, you've definitely seen the first hour of this film before, and you've definitely seen the last half an hour of this film, but just in a different film. <laughs> but it was very. It was a very. It, it it knew how to keep its original tone, but to shift it slightly into a more darker area, and I quite enjoyed that. And I really, I, I genuinely did enjoy watching this. And I, I actually thought, you know, when she goes in the robot, and he and, um, <laughs> and Marshall um, gets in the, uh, the boat with the engine with the outboard motor, I just expected him to fire it up straight away because she couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. But he would just like, and it'd be done. But he takes like a couple of pulls, but he still does it. Though. And she still couldn't do it, which was quite yeah. funny. Yeah, taking herself. Yeah. And um, <laughs> those two in the woods talking in weird riddles about that was, um, yeah, eating that was cat great, meat. <laughs> yeah. And she thought. Cat meat. And what was the other one? What was the, the, he asked her? Oh, he asked her that and she asked him cat something meat. equally. Something equally odd and oh, incongruous. she just says, why are you chasing me or something like that? But she, anyway, she, oh, she, no, she, she says, why don't you stop chasing me or stop it or something. She's yeah. not, and there's that weird bit where she sees her grandma in the woods and she points the way <laughs> yeah. to where Elijah <laughs> Wood is. That is lovely, that. Yeah. And um, 
I, but you know, I have to say, I, I really didn't expect you to like it as much as you clearly did. I was really happy about that. I, I, I just thought it wouldn't chime with you really, uh, and so yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy that it's it's turned out that way. I think it's, um, it just works. It's just a good. It's a good. Like I said, it's not overly long. It's not overly complicated. It's well acted. It's quirky. It does pass like the old classic six laugh test. Yes, it does. You could argue that it does feel a bit Coen Brothers and a bit. You know, of a knockoff, you know, but it, it it never felt like that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that's that's fair. It didn't feel like a poor man's Cohen. I would recommend this film. That is great news. Yeah, that's great news. And I think it is exactly the sort of film that would be recommended to me by someone like Ben, and then I would recommend it to you, and then uh, I would have opinions hope that you like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so let's find out if you paid attention to the film. Which. There's two. I think there's two questions coming up here, and we already know I don't know the answer to the one, and I, don't, and I can't remember the answer to the other, and I know what you're going to ask, <laughs> but I won't give it away. I'll wait till you say it, and then if you don't say it, I can say I thought you were going to ask this. We'll see. We'll Let's see. Go. I'll Let's give go. You, for, the, for question one, I'll give you a close approximation. What were the old lady's last words at the start of the film? Oh, gosh. It, I couldn't really tell what she was saying completely, but it was something about, like arsehole split down the country split down the middle of its arsehole or something like that she just talk, she talk, basically she's talking about how black people have made America worse <laughs> and then she and then her last actual last word was keep your gigantic monkey dick out of my good pussy <laughs> and then dies <laughs> and then family member did she have any last words <laughs> oh. I, I want my um, last words to be <laughs> <laughs> which would be more dignified than what yeah. this old racist said uh, question two when Ruth stays at her friend's house what does her friend's daughter draw for her a stegosaurus oh good you were, you were as specific as I wanted yeah question three um, what book series or what book is Ruth I, is Ruth reading I haven't a notion I couldn't remember I couldn't see what it was called and they never I don't think they mention it Maybe she does because obviously oh, Macon Blair says to her are you reading the so, such and such I can't remember uh, series let's just just get it out just cut, you know, so there's the series the of books it's called the Elsewhere Saga oh I've heard of that <laughs> and the book itself is called King of the Hidden Dark right and who who wrote the Elsewhere Saga do we know I don't know. I don't okay. know. Well, I don't even know if it's a real thing. It is. Yeah, I have heard of Elsa, the Elsewhere okay, Saga. Okay. I was. I, I assumed it was made up for the for the film. Did you? you Question should, four: you What assume, medicine or medicines did they steal from Ruth? Oh, um, ones with drugs in them. Or what type of medicine? I don't know. I haven't a clue. They were antidepressants, Lexipro and Clonazepam. Uh, right. Fair enough. Yeah, because he was wondering if it was pain pills. And, and right. then when she's kind of freaking out, he's the detective says, have you um, been able to to replenish your... Have you basically been back... Have you been off your antidepressants, basically? And finally, question five. What location app does Ruth use? Oh, I don't know. Like, find my laptop or something like that? I'm pretty sure it's a fictional one for the film. Yeah. It's called Locate, but it's eight instead of the number eight instead of I mean, eight I don't, I don't care <laughs> so a very impressive you didn't actually ask one out of five yes that was poor I'm not going to lie I thought you were going to ask what was the name of Tony's dog and I was like I could not remember <laughs> the name of the dog so I was, Kevin was it Kevin? Kevin I knew it was like a normal guy name like it was like yeah. was, like, was it like Dave or Steve or Ken or it's something? very much in that yeah. realm isn't it I always love it when people call their pets like just normal human names yeah. <laughs> like oh I've got a cat what's he called Dave <laughs> my friend's dog is called Stan that's brilliant yeah, yeah. I used to have dogs that had normal human names <laughs> um, in fact my mum's dog's called Ronnie Ronnie nice yeah, cause, like cause, because they used to have a cat and then this one is Ronnie Barker because he's a dog. He's oh, that's clever. They used to have a cat called Ronnie, and now they've got a dog called Ronnie. Oh, right. So um, enough of that. So they've had enough two that, pets with the same name. That's peculiar. The, the cat was long gone before the dog came around. Still, though, so it's, it's like if you name a dead... Like, it's like if your kid dies and you name the kid the same name again. Oh, I would, yeah. That, that was a thing that used to happen in, like, 17th or 18th century God. England. So macabre. Yeah, not even joking. Yeah, I, I did like the film. Obviously, I was quite bad at the uh, the test. Not gonna lie. No, fair. The they quiz. were quite tricky. Those. Yeah, 
I like to think well, we Well, Hugh, uh, obviously, <laughs> I know what we're doing next week, but what are we doing next week, Hugh? Uh, so, uh, if you've come somehow come through this halfway through, so, as Sam mentioned earlier, we're going to look at uh, two films each, or one film, well, two films each in two separate categories. So, it's going to be a film that either that you, well, we both are doing this, so it's a film that you have, you like, but the rest of the world kind of goes, is a bit mere, a bit rubbish, and also then a film that the rest of the world thinks is great or is good and you're a bit like, yeah, I'm not into this. Uh, so, so we're going to be looking at f- four films, potentially two, because we might somehow pick the same two films, which the odds <laughs> of that are quite slim. But there's also another kicker to this, isn't there, Sam? There is. Because there it's is, our 100th yeah. episode, so we're doing the special kind of looking at different films thing. But uh, by no audience demand, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to rec- record in person, live together. But what we're going to try and do is, whilst we're watching it, while we're doing the podcast, we're going to do 100 shots of beer, aren't we, Sam? <laughs> to try and make the episode a bit more You suggested it, I thought, I like yeah. beer, do it. Yeah, yeah. Going. yeah. Oh, actually, in fact, if we can do, it, are we doing? Are we doing nine shots of beer and then every tenth a bit of hard liquor, like whiskey or something? Can we? Yeah. So it's going to be a ten-minute episode, listener. <laughs> yeah. So you will listen to us get slowly drunker whilst mm. we try and talk movies. <laughs> Which means I think we should do our the films we can hate on in the second half. Indeed. When we're more drunk and uh, you know verbose and. Yeah, it's vitriol. More vitriol. It's tuning for vitriol, listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If they want to get in touch with us, Hugh, and tell us what films do they love that everyone hates, what films do they hate that everyone loves, how can they do that? This is definitely a question I feel like you should be putting in that uh, Facebook group. I absolutely will. Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to hear what other... I actually really want to know what other people have to say on this. But um, what they need to do is they need to go and get their laptop stolen... And yeah. then they need to recover their laptop. So uh, leave the back door open. Yeah, yeah, preferably, yeah. Make it easy for the criminals to get your wares. Yeah. And then once you recover it through a uh, fictional app called Locate <laughs> with an eight, um, yeah, you need to then... What you then need to do is... Um, you need to use your now recovered laptop to send an email to <laughs> please watch this dot pod at gmail.com. If you haven't given proof that like a crime number or anything on the email, we're not going to respond. Not we're interested. Not yeah, now. we're not interested. We need to know issues. that it's been stolen and recovered. But if, <laughs> I mean, is there another way they could perhaps get into contact with us if they haven't got the time, energy or inclination to lose or have things stolen? I've been doing a bit of googling. I found that there's a thing called Twitter. So oh, I've right. set up a Twitter account. Tell me, um, tell me, what is it? How does how does it work? And I've decided to put it uh, to put us under the name at Please Watch Pod. What were we under before? Oh, well, we, did we have one before? Okay, well uh, then we weren't. Uh, just it's Please Watch Pod. That's all. Oh, I, mean, I see. So, I see what you're getting at. Right, I missed, a, I missed the joke there. That one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try and get that one over my head as it goes over me. Grab yeah. that. Jesus. Yeah. So all that remains to be said, listeners, we love you. We hate some films though, and you'll find out which ones we hate we next do, week. Indeed. We love, and we look forward to talking at you next yeah. week. Yeah. So see you next week. Tell us when you love them. Bye. Bye.